Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Okay, we are going live on Facebook with this one. Hopefully it's picking up the audio okay, because this is my podcast microphone, and I'm trying something new today. I'm doing a live podcast episode in our Facebook group, Widows Empowering Widows. Um, it will be a live podcast episode if this works and I can capture the audio and put it up on the podcast. Uh, it's kind of killing two birds with one stone this morning, right? Great way to spend my Saturday. This episode, I want to talk about relationships with the dead. I know, does that sound weird? It's okay. What triggered this was I saw a thread in the Facebook group, Widows Empowering Widows, talking about, um, and I couldn't find it to get the exact words, but it said something about no longer having that um, day-to-day relationship with their spouse, right? And really missing that. And here's what I want to talk about that, because I think that you do continue to have an ongoing relationship with the dead. And I will explain exactly how that happens. Because I know I still have a relationship with Jim. Okay, you can report me as a crazy lady. They can come test me. I'm not crazy. Here's what I know about relationships. Here's what I've learned about relationships. The relationship you have with someone is really almost all of it. I'm going to say all of it is how you think about that person, right? Because I know, and if you have followed my teachings and been learning along with me, you know that, and those in the group can see it on the board behind me, we have something that happens in our life, and it's neutral. Facts are neutral. Until you have a thought about it, until you make it mean something, And as soon as you have a thought about the thing that happened or the fact in your life, your thought is what creates all your emotions about it, right? And then everything that we do or don't do, it's all about how we feel or how we don't want to feel. That affects our actions. So here's the thing. When you say, you know, I loved my husband so much. Do you think that feeling of love you had for him was jumping from him into your body? No, absolutely no. And how do I know this so adamantly? Because listen, Jim died. He was cremated. I spread his ashes according to his wishes. He is physically no longer on this planet I still feel the same love for him that I did when he was here. So if he was the cause of all those emotions of love, why are they still here when he's not? It's because 
everything that I thought about him, I'm still thinking about him. I create those feelings of love, just like you create those feelings of love that you feel for your spouse or feelings of admiration or feelings of comfort, having been around him, feelings of security, right? That didn't come from him. That came from what you told yourself. That came from your thinking. And you're like, okay, well, if the feelings of comfort and security weren't him, it was what I was thinking about him, but now he's gone. I don't have those feelings of comfort and security because you're thinking different things about your life now, right? Before you thought, I always have him to count on. I always have him to go to. And you don't think that now. When your thinking changes, your emotions change. That's how people fall in and out of love, right? It's not some magical thing that happens around us. You fall into love because of everything you're thinking about that person. And they're so easy to love, right? Because there's so much that meshes. And when you fall out of love, it's because you're thinking different thoughts about them. You're thinking different thoughts about your life. You're thinking about them changes. And that's why your emotions change. So what has all this got to do with relationships with the dead? It has everything to do with it. Because just because your husband has died does not mean that you don't have an ongoing relationship with him. I know you're stunned, right? Like, what is she? Joanne, what are you talking about? Like Super Bowl Sunday fever has gotten to you. No, it hasn't. And if you're listening on the podcast, yes, this is the day before Super Bowl. Um, now when I tried to read up on this, you know, I wanted to look into more like, has anybody else done studies, anybody else written on having relationships with the dead? And here's how it was defined by that. You know, these were other authors that wrote books about grieving and they said, uh, the relationship with the dead is defined as the memories that you have, the keepsakes that you have, looking through photos, right? Believing that person is still watching over you. All of that is awesome. But I think your relationship with the dead goes even further than that. I think it goes a lot further than that. Because it's what you believe and think right now. And it's the fact that you can still share with them. Okay, so many widows ask, me when I'm back days where I was just doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and just starting this whole widow coaching center thing, creating it. Um, I had so many widows come to me and say, you know, I still talk to my husband. Am I crazy? Am I losing it? And I was like, no, why wouldn't you still talk to your husband? Right? I still talk to Jim all the time. And maybe I'm so comfortable with it because I know it meshes, it meshes with the beliefs that Jim and I had and I still have about life on earth and afterlife and all of that and planes of existence, right? And different paradigms and how they overlap. I won't go too metaphysical on you. I know I don't want to bore you, but the upshot of all that is that, yes, I talk to Jim and yes, I believe he hears me. 
you know, maybe he's not present all the time. I'm sure he's got stuff he's doing in whatever the afterlife is. Like he just gets on with it. <laughs> I'm sure he's, you know, orating somewhere. Um, but I do feel I can get his attention. And I do share things with him often, right? I even invite his spirit in to share something with me. You know, if I'm eating something that I know he would just be out of his mind for, it sounds so stupid, you guys, but I'm telling you, it is a spiritual connection because I don't know if in the afterlife we get to eat things, you know, if you watch that little show, The Good Place, by the way, I loved The Good Place and I'm sorry it's over. If you watch The Good Place, they were like getting to eat all their favorite things there. I don't know that we really eat in our afterlife existence. Here's what I do know. When Jim was alive, he used to joke about, you know, when he would die and go to the afterlife, he was ordering strawberry shortcake for lunch because Jim was diabetic and he stayed so, so strictly to his diet. Occasionally he might indulge, but most of the time he was really good about watching, you know, keeping the carb intake as low as possible to control his blood sugar all of that. So he was like, listen, in the afterlife, I'm not going to have diabetes anymore. So I am ordering dessert at lunch every day in the afterlife. So um, I also know he used to call his guardian angels in to share experiences with him because he said, I don't know that they get to experience these things in the afterlife. I don't think so. I think that's why we're here on planet Earth. So we have a chance to experience these things, but we can share them with people on the other side. So if I'm eating something that's amazing, like, you know, homemade peach cobbler, I will mentally say, hey, Jim, are you around? Taste this. This is like the most amazing peach cobbler I think I've ever had. Can you taste that? You know, and I literally share my peach cobbler with him. It's like, hey, come, you know, join into my spirit. If you can taste through my taste buds, I want you to know this is amazing peach cobbler. I share daily, daily things with him. Not all the time, right? Not all the time, but I do occasionally when something happens and I'm like, oh my gosh, Jim, are you seeing this? Right. When I moved to Texas and I moved into this house and the first evening I sat on the metal folding chair, which was the only piece of furniture I had moving truck hadn't come yet. And so I had a mattress delivered the day that I closed on the house so I could sleep on the floor on a mattress. And I ran into Walmart and I bought a, like a little TV tray table, one of those folding tables. And I bought this cheap black metal folding chair. Like I just wanted something really cheap that could serve me for a couple days until the moving truck came. So I'm sitting in my new house in a black metal folding chair, but I'm looking around me going, wow, this is amazing. Look at this house. Look at this place. I love it. And so I like called Jim in and said, can you believe this house? Look at this, Jim. Look at where, where I've moved to. And I felt like, on some level, I got to share this move with him. I got to show him. Because here's the thing, he didn't have to be present for me to experience the emotions of sharing it with him. 
because it's all my thoughts and thinkings that's creating those emotions. So I can still love on him. I can still share things with him, right? On a daily basis. Why not? Why not? Now, that's taking it beyond memories and keepsakes and photos and believing they're watching over you. Although all those things have a part of the ongoing relationship you have with someone who's died, as well as, you know, speaking out loud and sharing things with them, but also noticing the things that you do, things that you sometimes say that you're like, oh, well, that's him, right? They become a part of us. There's so many things that I do now that I learned from Jim, right? Or I picked up from Jim. There are things that I say that I picked up from Jim. Some of them I can't even say on the podcast because, hey, he's a Queens boy. We were living in the Bronx. I picked up some potty mouth, okay? <laughs> but I'm telling you, that is like Jim having become a part of me. It's like their DNA literally becomes part of our DNA. And you can begin noticing that if you're paying attention. You know, if you make your cup of tea a certain way, and it's because that's the way he liked his tea, you're like, oh my gosh, there he is. Right? A part of me. It's an ongoing relationship with that dead person. I read how children who maintain a relationship with a dead parent, right? That relationship with their dead parent tends to grow and evolve as the children grow up and evolve. They still have a relationship with their dead mom or their dead father. And that relationship changes and evolves as the children grow up and evolve. That means that your relationship with your dead husband can even evolve and grow as you do. And indeed, your grief also is going to evolve and grow as well. You know, we, we read all the time, people saying, you know, grief never goes away. It's always going to be with you. But people say it like you're dragging around a 20 pound stone on a chain behind you. It doesn't have to feel that way. Yes, grief is still a part of you, always will be, it grows and evolves with you too. Just like the relationship with your dead husband can grow and evolve. So let me tell you, uh, you know, I need to change screens here. Let's see if I can do that. It's a little something different from usual podcast. I did a blog about talking to dead people. And I did a blog that said more talking to dead people because I expanded it beyond um, talking to Jim. I realized after having some relationship ongoing with my dead husband one day, it was, oh gosh, maybe like a couple years after he had passed away that I went, hold on, I still have a relationship with my parents. You know, both my parents are gone because I'm older and they were, I was the last child born. So they were older when I was born. So like my father passed away when I was just in my thirties and my mom passed away. 
about 10 years after he did. And here's the truth. I have an ongoing relationship with my parents, right? And it grows and evolves, especially the, the bond I have with my mom. As I get older now, I'm like, oh, mom, wow, I really get that. Or gosh, I wish you were here because here's what I'm experiencing after menopause. This is what I'm experiencing after turning 60. You know, there's lots of days I look in the mirror and I go, wow, mom, great genes. Thank you. Because my mom had beautiful English skin. My mom was from England, very English. And I had the fortune of inheriting her beautiful English skin. So when, I, you know, I'm 66 and I look in the mirror and I think, man, thank you, mom. You gave me some great skin. <laughs> you know, And I still thank her. But that's the truth. Anybody you've lost in your life you can maintain a relationship with. When I first decided to do this, and this is on blog is on my website, but I'm going to read it here as part of this. And it was a letter that I wrote to my parents. Um, I want to check in too on our page because I want to see, oh my gosh, bear with me people on the podcast. I know you can't see me. Everybody else can. And I want to check in and see if there's any questions or comments going on while I'm sharing this. Right? Have a comment. Emily's there. Hey, Emily. Emily says, hello, I write in a journal every night and tell my husband about my day. Yes, it makes me feel good that I can still tell him so many things that happened. It's like we used to do every night. Right, right. I have a few of you on there watching. Oh, gosh, we have a bunch of you actually on there watching in Facebook. I love it. So listen for the podcast. I'm going to read this blog. It was when I sat down to write a letter to my parents, because that's how I first started um, having an ongoing relationship with Jim. I used to write to him. Jim and I met in email back when email like barely even existed, um, like around 1990. I know it sounds crazy, like the internet, most people didn't even know the internet was out there. The internet was so new that my internet addresses were all like just Joanne at, because I was the only Joanne, right? How crazy. So when he died, I opened up an email and said, hey, this is how we met. And this is how I can feel I can still communicate. Now I talk to him. I don't write emails to him. Maybe I should send him an email. But I several years ago, sat down and wrote, Dear Mom and Dad, I started this as a way to talk to Jim after he passed on, but realized I could reach out to you two as well. Writing to dead people may become a habit. <laughs> Yesterday, I started a visualization slash meditation to create money in my life. I decided to visualize what I would be doing if I suddenly found myself with crazy money, like hundreds of millions, crazy money. And oh, yeah, I set up a trust so Jim's grown boys would never want. And of course, a nice trust for Jenny and her new husband. But then I wanted to sit down with Jenny and Charles to let them know my finances had changed and tell them like we could get a house for them. They could quit working if they wanted. But then suddenly in this meditation, 
I was driving all across the country to connect with people who had played a role in my life for better or worse. And I was thanking each one or forgiving them or both, depending on the circumstances. I must have been lost in that mental revelry for a good 20 minutes before I opened my eyes. On opening my eyes, I giggled at where my visualization for cash flow had wandered off to. Then I realized I don't need millions of dollars to do exactly what I had visualized. Of course, I can't exactly take off and like fly everywhere or drive across the country because I don't have crazy money, but I can thank people and even forgive. So today, mom and dad, I'm living like a millionaire, writing out thank you cards to people, some of whom I've not even seen for decades, but it feels so wonderful to do this. And you are both on my list. Clearly, I can't mail a card to you. So here I am blogging to the dead. I know that you were not raised to be openly demonstrative of love. You had four kids, little money, and you did your very best for us. I want you to know that it never even occurred to me until much, much later in life that we were poor. It was just life to me as a kid to only get one pair of shoes each year for school, one new dress for school. Of course, as the years went by, you were doing better financially. I know you loved me and showed me in the only ways you knew how. When I was fully grown and used to stop by at lunch to check in with you guys each day, I made sure I hugged you when I came in. At first, I think it made you both a little uncomfortable not being used to that. But I am so glad I hugged you both every chance I got to do that without pushing you too far out of your comfort zone. Thank you for being the best parents you possibly could be and for loving me. So that was a letter I wrote to my parents when I began reestablishing a relationship with my parents after they died, right? I could have relationship with them and now I still do. Sometimes I think of my dad and stop, show him something. Sometimes I share something with my mom, talk to Jim all the time. Right. So know that you can continue to have a relationship with your dead husband, with anyone you've lost in your life, because all of the relationship we have with somebody, with anybody dead or alive, the relationship you have with someone else is all about what's going on inside of you. It's your thoughts, how you think of them right? That creates how you feel about them. Which even means if you have somebody in your life right now that you're struggling a little in the relationship with, it's not, the, it's not them. Look at your thinking. What are you telling yourself about them? Right? How can you just unconditionally love them no matter what? What would you need to think? about your relationship with them. When you change your thoughts about the relationship, you change the relationship entirely. It's entirely up to you. 
So know that, yes, you do still get to share your day with your husband. You do get to notice the, the traits that you have that are a carry forward from your husband, from your parents. You know, I think we really pick up like little pieces of everybody we come in contact with our, during our life. And by the time we grow very old, we are a conglomerate of a whole bunch of people. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's a beautiful thing. So know that the relationship with your husband is not over. Even if you develop relationship with some new guy in your life, right? And you're like, oh, I'm mad about this new guy. This is wonderful. No, it's not the same. Every relationship is different. And do you still have a relationship with the dead husband while you're dating the new guy? Of course. If I meet somebody new, man, I'm running him by Jim. I'm like, Jim, what are you thinking? <laughs> right? I may not get direct answers, but talking to Jim always helps me access my own knowledge, right? So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you want to jump into the group where I'm doing this right now on Facebook Live to see if it works to do this, the group in Facebook is Widows Empowering Widows. If you do that search, you will find Widows Empowering Widows, or you can type into a browser, facebook.com slash groups slash Widows Empowering Widows. And that will take you right to the group where you can do a join request and I will add you to the group. Okay, so get out there, find some joy in your day. Thanks. Bye, guys.